0: not just the what needs to be changed it's the why is dysfunction occurring and how do we resolve from the root
1: so when we're talking like let, let's talk about our common treatment for anxiety right like what what would we as prescribers what were we trained to write when we have someone with anxiety it's the ssri so mm-hmm. let's let's talk about that. Um, and, and the new kid on the
0: the SSRNIs <laughs>
1: SSRNIs <laughs> right. Let's just sure. add them all in
0: there, right? Yes, let's talk yes.
1: about what that is and what that means. And
0: sure. So you know, in allopathic or conventional medicine, we start right at neurotransmitters as the focus of anxiety. So, and that's really, I think, what's important for viewers and listeners to understand mm-hmm. is that the difference of how we approach a, a client or a case. When you're looking at it with functional integrated medicine, it's not just the what needs to be changed, it's the why is dysfunction occurring and how do we resolve from the root. So rather than just starting with, which I do work with neurotransmitters and neurotransmitter testing, but rather than starting with something that works on a receptor level and a feedback mechanism, I think it's first important to understand Is that individual deficient in this X, Y, or Z neurotransmitter? Are they excess in a different neurotransmitter? So we can be strategic in if we have to harness and lower something. Like if someone's high epinephrine, I'm going to drive with L-theanine and I'm going to drive with Nervine herbs and I'm going to work with potentially considering a stool test to look if we have to do a gut cleanse because we might need to plow their gut biome to reseed the good. Um, And you know, that's why unfortunately, when we work blind with a prescription and we just are throwing Zoloft and Cymbalta and and, and these different medications without even looking why, we're just using symptoms um, to prescribe medications, we might be throwing a dart at completely the wrong target and that's unfortunately why we don't get the best outcomes. I mean, we see in research, from the 1940s, we don't have any improvement in treatment of anxiety and depression. And all of these new drugs keep being developed, but they're missing the mark is truly what I feel.
1: Yeah, they're not addressing the underlying root cause. I mean, you talk about like plowing the field, it's for example, treating SIBO, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, because it's really important to understand, we're not going to throw more, we've really got to cleanse the system. And so yes. how did keto, how did our keto approach, you know, I got my keto green or keto alkaline approach, how did um, you start using that in, in the work with anxiety
0: as well. So, so two parts. So yes, totally bad bacteria or dysbiotic bacteria, whether it's candidiasis, like yeast overgrowth and it's varied strains or whether it's SIBO or whether it's a dysbiotic bug in the large intestine, all of these bad bacteria strains and yeast strains feed off of sugar. Um, And, you know, we've seen this in, in like, uh, elementary science classes or even if you've ever baked bread. You know, how do you activate yeast? You add sugar and water, and it goes crazy. Um, And so we know that dysbiotic flora thrive in sugar. And so when you reduce your sugar intake in the diet and then you take it a step further to actually reduce carbohydrate um, intake in the diet, My gut cleanses are at 60 grams of carbs or less, so that individual may or may not be ketogenic, but they're going to be low-carbohydrate, they're going to be yeast-free, and they're going to be very limited on their use of vinegar and prebiotic fibers and probiotics in the beginning, so that we can kind of create that sterilizing and plowing with strategic antifungal and antibacterial natural agents. And then, you know, so that's one thing is not feeding the beast, if you will. Um, and then really the, the actual production of ketone bodies themselves have such magnificent function on the brain. And, you know, so back from what we've researched with the influence of epilepsy and then being able to reduce excitatory nerve impulse and activity that drives seizure, ketones can actually help to sit on the brain receptors and give us a very grounded, Mood stabilizing influence and then if we have weight to lose and we're using fat as fuel that can help with our sexual hormone balance as well um, so there's so many factors on how keto can help because even if we're dealing with estrogen dominance we know that low progesterone drives anxiety and so there's just so many pieces and um i think personally, when, when I am in a ketogenic state, which is how I live, um, I just feel really even-keeled and less erratic, and I sleep better, and my thought process is, is much more clear. I'm on a high-octane fuel is how I describe it to people.
1: <laughs> That's a good example. So with that, what is a day in your nutritional life?
0: Me personally? Like, what did yeah. I eat yesterday? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. All right. Now I have to work my memory muscles. Um, so I I usually, when I'm in clinic, um, I eat, and, and so I see patients three to four days a week. And so I'm still seeing about 20 clients a, a week. Um, and I do this work all virtually, but I like to eat in bookends. And so for me, what that means is that I like to eat most of my calories in the morning and in the evening. Um, and I think it's predominantly because when I'm under high stress and I'm rocking and rolling during the day. I know my digestive enzymes are suppressed, and food doesn't sit very well in my belly in the the middle of the day. So I do a really kind of funky fasting model where I'll eat like two to three eggs, half an avocado, um, maybe some kale chips with that, or some kimchi on the side, and probably also some other protein like some uh, pasture raised bacon or a sausage or something like that. And that's my breakfast, Um, and I drink lemon water prior to that. And then at around 10 a.m., I'll do like maybe a little bit of fat in matcha or a cold brew coffee. Um, and if I do coffee, I like to add CBD to my coffee to help with that excitatory output of the caffeine. Matcha, I find I don't need to, so I use just uh, coconut oil or ghee. And then midday, I may also do like a smoothie of sorts um, or something light. I might just eat frozen macadamia nuts or a fat bomb pack. And then dinner is going to be another like 700, 800 calories where I'm going to do, uh, like last night was a grass-fed burger patty. I had more avocado roasted Brussels sprouts and um, curry roasted cauliflower.
1: Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. <laughs> and I think that's key what you just outlined and so helpful. I love to ask clients clients that and and my guests, because, you know, how you've learned to work with your body and your stress level, right? A Sunday might be a little different. So during this uh, work day, how you're accommodating your keto, you know, getting into ketosis, knowing that you need that high brain function. To sustain mm-hmm. you and also know where you're where you need additional support to sustain you so I think yes. it's really cool are you a rapid caffeine metabolizer is that why the caffeine in the coffee sometimes excites you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah for me no not at all so no worries there but I love how you figure that out and I think this is the tweaking that our you know our our guests our listeners will appreciate as you learn right you continue to learn and and find out what works for you and right. as you are able to lift off the cloud right the carbohydrate cloud as your or the glucose or brain fog cloud you're liberated from that you have the better ability to discern what is working for you versus what is working against yes. you so Ali, yeah thank you I put you on the spot there I didn't tell you that I was going to no, ask no, that so no.
0: thank and the you the week for sharing like that you- In the weekends, I do a classic 16 8, um, and I do my fatty coffee, and I take my daughter to the farmer's market, and that works really well because then we break fast at noon and have a beautiful brunch from what we picked up from the market, and that's great. Um, But I think that's a great point you make. You know, I always say one of my mantras is doctrine creates disconnect. And so you go into any new program, any new plan with rules and guidelines, and you start to feel better, which is wonderful because going from terrible to mediocre isn't a very big change. But once you get to feeling awesome, then you can start to tweak the mediocre and then you can get the kind of thrive high gear zone. And like you said, that's that individualized approach of, okay, I realize when I'm stressed, a kale salad and salmon doesn't sit well with me. (laughs) And so I can't be munching on that between clients because I'm not going to appropriately chew and I'm not going to appropriately break things down.
1: I think that's beautifully well said. I love that. I love that you said that. Thank you for watching this video. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel here and get those notifications and comment below. Let me know your thoughts, what you loved and what your action step is.